0: You are Locked On Balls, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Welcome into Locked On Balls, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here on today's show. I'm excited for today's show, which is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Great to have them on board. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. In the first segment of today's show, I'm going to continue looking at position groups for Tennessee heading into the 2020 season. We're going to focus on the quarterback position here in segment number one, as the Vols do not rank high in that position in the SEC, but I also think they rank too low that's according to the Athlon Sports Rankings. You'll hear from somebody from Athlon here in segment number one. Brayden Gall of Athlon Sports in the Cover 2 podcast talking about Tennessee's quarterback, room. Not just Jerry Garantano, but Harrison Bailey, Brian mauer They factor in to this conversation as well. That's coming up in segment number one. In segment number two, if you can't really dive into all the recruiting talk or you get a little bit tired of it, the story I have for you today We'll back up those feelings. I'll explain in segment number two, while Tennessee does move up in the recruiting rankings a little bit, I'll get to that in the second segment of the show. And in segment number three, we have a schedule for players to get back to work with coaches to get ready for the start of the 2020 college football season. I will go over that. Plus, you'll hear from Philip Fulmer in segment number three of Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Athlon Sports ranked each position group in the SEC, quarterback, running backs, wide receivers and tight ends, offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, and defensive backs. When you add up all of those rankings, Tennessee comes in in the middle of the pack. Now, there's not a great separation from Tennessee to Tennessee's ranked eighth in the SEC in in total position rankings as graded out in a point system. Kentucky is just ahead of Tennessee, just ahead of Kentucky is Auburn, just ahead of Auburn is Texas A&M. At quarterback is where Tennessee comes in farthest down the list. Tennessee is ranked 12th in the SEC when it comes to the quarterback position. That's not just starting quarterback, that's the unit ranking. All the quarterbacks for Tennessee factor into the ranking 12th in the SEC, only ahead of Missouri and Vanderbilt. Just behind South Carolina, which is number eleven, LSU is number ten, Kentucky is number nine, and Ole Miss comes in at number eight. Those are the four schools that are directly ahead of Tennessee. That seems low to me. Jared Garantano is a guy that I know had his ups and downs, and September was an awful month for him last year. But he also improved as the season went along. He does have a, a really good amount of experience, and I would still say a good amount of talent. Harrison Bailey has a ton of talent. Alabama ranks number three. I would say part of that is because Bryce Young's in the quarterback room, right? That can't just be Mac Jones getting Alabama ranked number three. Is Harrison Bailey Bryce Young? I wouldn't say that yet. Neither guy's played in college, of course. They're both true freshmen. But if Bryce Young helps bump up Alabama, I would think that Harrison Bailey helps with that for Tennessee. And then Brian Maurer's a guy that has some talent. He's athletic, good runner at the quarterback position. And now he has some experience. JT Shroud actually has some as well. So from an experience standpoint, Tennessee would have to rank high in the SEC. From a talent standpoint, 12 seems a little low to me as well. What does Braden Gall think? He joined us on Sports 180 on Wednesday. Tyler Ivins and I were talking to him. And Braden shared some thoughts that he had also shared on the Cover 2 podcast, talking about Tennessee and the quarterback room, how the entire group compares to the rest of the SEC, listen to what Braden said. What he repeated from his Cover Two podcast, and I actually said on the podcast, "You can." There's evidence of this that
2: I think Tennessee is undervalued at 12 because of sort of the room. It doesn't mean that there's a guy in there for this year, but if you look at the room and that situation, you know, would I rather have those two or three players over what LSU has got with Miles Brennan? I probably would. Um, you know, so you can. I think you can. You can talk yourself into a starter at some of these schools because there is a lot of upside. John Rice Plumley at at at, at uh, Ole Miss. You've got KJ Costello at Mississippi State. Kellen Mond at Texas A and M. Guys that are clearly better than anybody right now at Tennessee. But the collection of the room, I think, you can absolutely argue is is better than Arkansas. Let's say with just Felipe Franks and then what else. So I, you know, I think you can have that debate. So I think at twelve they're a little undervalued. Um, but Ryan Holinsky is South Carolina. They're not 11 in the league, and Ryan Holinsky's got a ton of talent. Like He could be a really good player. So, I think the SEC is in for a really interesting year. I think the difference between second and third best quarterback and 12th and 13th best quarterback, I'm not sure there's a huge, huge gap like in years past. So, uh, There's a ton of names. There's a ton of upside, but not a lot of proven commodities, so I think this list is going to look very, very different by the end of the year.
1: We're talking to Brayden Gall, Athlon Sports, the Cover 2 podcast he mentioned there as well. What do you make of the room for Tennessee with Garantano, who has the most experience and is set to be the starter, but Brian Maurer got some experience last year, and then Harrison Bailey is very highly ranked coming in as a true freshman. So what do you make of that room and how the season can play out? Because you know what's interesting here as well? You could get a a polarizing opinion if you put a bunch of Tennessee fans together just to talk about Tennessee's quarterback room.
2: Yeah, my my gut instinct is, if it's not Garantano or it's not Harrison Bailey, then I, I'm i not sure what to expect. And you can tell me if that's wrong or not, but I, I feel like you've got a guy who's clearly played more football than everybody else. And whether you liked it last night or last year or not, Garantano was the best quarterback on the roster. Now, if he had to come off the bench, that's fine. But statistically he was clearly the best player at that position, he clearly has the most experience of every player at the position and many players in this stage of their career take a big step. I mean, heck, look at look at Lane Kiffin, right? So I, I think if it's an elite freshman who is a five-star kid who comes in with – who's just clearly better than everybody else and he wins the job, you're in great shape there. So I think you're in good shape with either of those two guys. I, I think that uh, barring just some, you know, dramatic development from the other two guys, which is uh, – creates great depth, barring just huge – huge development from either Maurer or Shrout. Guarantano, you got Charlotte and at Oklahoma and Furman. You need to have it settled by the Florida game. And it seems unlikely that a true freshman is good enough, unless he's Bo Nix, which is what happened last year with Auburn, clearly better than Joey Gatewood. We were told that was going to be an elongated battle, and, and Gatewood just clearly wasn't as good as Bo Nix, and Bo Nix got the job. And he won the game against Oregon in week one. I mean, it makes sense to go on the road in week two to a playoff contender and have your veteran starter be in place. It doesn't mean he's going to keep his job. But the only way I feel like it's a good thing if he's not is if it's Harrison Bailey.
1: I would tend to agree with that as well. Braden Gall of Athlon Sports. You can check out the Athlon Sports Preview Magazine. Order it at athlonsports.com. Braden's always great to us on the radio on Sports 180 each Wednesday. The, the ceiling is highest with Harrison Bailey. I don't know if that's the case for 2020. But if you're talking about a guy who can come on the field, make plays for you, and also build for the future – I'm not going out on too thin of a limb here to say Harrison Bailey, the guy who receives some five-star rating status coming out of high school, is the guy that could be that for you. I think you go into the season, you see what you have with Jarrett Garantano. If you have issues like you did a year ago... You make some kind of move. Jeremy Pruitt has already shown that he would do that. He did that in September. He did it during the bowl game, going back to Garantano, of course, to close things out. But I, I think Jeremy Pruitt has proven he's going to go with the quarterback he believes will give them the best chance to win. And maybe Brian Maurer ends up being that guy. Maybe he does. I just still am a little bit skeptical. He's going to need to be a lot better than he was last year. Like you might say that Garantano needs to be. But Garantano's best was better than Brian Maurer last year? Can Harrison Bailey's best be better than both of those guys? If we start to hear that in August, Harrison Bailey looks like he gets it and looks like he's coming on, let's pay attention. Part of the issue is that this is all going to be behind the scenes. We're not going to see it, so you'll be finding out like I will September 5th, but let's see what we hear. Let's see what word comes out on Harrison Bailey because he's going to try to push He's got a lot of catching up to do, though, having not been able to go through the spring. So Tennessee ranked 12th among quarterbacks in the SEC. That seems low to me. Braden says he thinks it's low as well. It better be low, because at the end of the season, we're saying Tennessee's quarterbacks were the 10th, 11th, 12th best in the SEC. I don't think we're talking about Tennessee winning nine. I doubt we're talking about Tennessee winning eight games. If Tennessee's quarterback play really struggles... It's not a good sign for the rest of the offense. Also, Tennessee's receivers are ranked ninth. Both of those go together. If the receivers are better than expected, Tennessee's quarterbacks could be as well, and vice versa. Interesting conversation heading into 2020. Coming up next, recruiting. It's going to be a long run for the next six months. I'll explain. Coming up next on Locked On Vols, today presented by RockAuto.com. And think about this with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models of different vehicles. The parts you need in a traditional chain storefront can be all over the place, and it can be impossible to find in stock exactly what you're looking for also at a reasonable price. That's where rockauto.com comes in. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need in a few easy clicks, and they can be delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts that are available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Here's what you do. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. It's at rockauto.com. Take advantage of All the different options and the great prices they have available. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com.
0: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: If you are not big into recruiting on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, whatever the case might be, I totally get it. And this story might play into that. Tennessee has, of course, had a big two-month run in recruiting. Tennessee's picked up a number of big-time, talented players like Dylan Brooks, Terrence Lewis, Cody Brown, Kamar Wilcoxon. Kamar Wilcoxon was the second player in that first big week when Tennessee's recruiting run really took off. Remember, Dylan Brooks committed on a Sunday. He's the highly ranked pass rusher in the 2021 class. That Monday, Kamar Wilcoxon, a defensive back from IMG Academy in Florida, committed to Tennessee. And the next day, four-star wide receiver Julian Nixon pledged to the Vols. And Nixon said after the fact, yeah, that was kind of by design. Dylan Brooks committed, then Kamar decided to commit, so Julian hopped on board. And a bunch of other players did after that. So Kamar Wilcoxon's admission that, yeah, he might have committed a little bit early and he's still open to another school arrival of Tennessee in the SEC will cause some kind of concern. Kamar talked to Ryan Callahan of govals 247com this week. And Wilcoxon, who has been committed to Florida twice before, admitted, yes, he is still considering the Gators. He said this, quote, I'm still committed to Tennessee, just committed earlier than I expected, so I'm sitting back looking at everything. It's a Florida and Tennessee battle. I don't communicate with anybody else. So Wilcoxon is still saying that he's committed to Tennessee, But he's also admitting that he is talking to Florida, and there have been some questions about, okay, where do do things stand with Florida's coaching staff, especially after things got a little weird on social media? He said that's been cleared up. He still communicates with Tennessee and has a good relationship with Tennessee's coaches as well, and maybe in the end, all of this plays out just fine. But I'll point out that we have about six months to go. Six months from this week, in fact, is the schedule for the early signing period in December. And Florida is going to continue to push. And we've already seen Kamar go back and forth, committing to Florida a couple times, committing to Tennessee, admitting he is still considering the Gators and Florida will continue to push and recruits will probably push both ways. Tennessee guys will try to get him to stick with the Vols. There'll probably be some Florida commits saying, hey, come back to the Gators. That's where you wanted to go. Go with your gut. Recruiting's just going to go that way. And then ultimately he has to make his choice. But also, Kamar's not going to be the only player to pay attention with a story like this. He might be more of an extreme example because of how active he is on social media, but I've told you a number of times about the spike in commitments this year. Well, if you go back to May, at least, back in the middle of May, there were twice as many commitments this year as there was a year ago, and if you combine the amount of commitments in May of 2018 and 19, they did not match the number of commitments for may 2020 it's been an incredible spike in commitments well if you have that you are going to see an increase in d commitments as well right that seems to be the consensus i've seen different writers covering college football recruiting say things over the next four months are going to be very fluid some players who have committed are going to decide maybe i need to take a step back and look around some coaches are going to look at their commitment list and say maybe i need to tell these guys to take a look elsewhere That's something that Tom Lugenbill of ESPN, who covers college football recruiting for ESPN, told us on Sports 180 a few weeks ago. He looked at where Tennessee's numbers were and then looked at everybody else and said, yeah, things could get very interesting over the next few months. Listen to what Tom said about Tennessee, but also everybody else when it comes to recruiting for the 2021 class.
3: Well, you know what? And I'm saying this because I don't believe it's exclusive to Tennessee. I think it's going to apply to a lot of people. I think with, with some of the, the rash of verbal commitments we've seen over the last eight weeks, when things get reopened and we kind of get back to normal and there's face-to-face interaction. and Kids can go on campus. They can go – coaches can go off campus and you have official visits. I think you're going to see a huge spike in decommitments. Um, you know, virtually recruiting right now is – it's a virtual world based on social media, Zoom text messages dms twitter instagram you name it it's the only way to pull it off um but i just it's just me and i and listen i'm I'm not saying how kids should make their decisions but there's a lot that kids haven't seen out there because they didn't have coaches come into their campus for spring football they didn't have the opportunity to attend junior days they haven't gone out there and been on uh the camp and combine circuit and you know, had that information then be relayed back to the college coaches for them to study it more. So I still think there's a lot of information to be unearthed on behalf of prospects. Not to say that everyone that verbally commits now is all of a sudden going to decommit. I don't think that's the case at all. But I do think that when everything gets face to face again, you're going to see some changes.
1: So just prepare for that to happen, according to Tom Luganbill and again, others covering college football recruiting around the country. Now, all that being said, this is not to take away from what Tennessee has done in recruiting to this point. The commitments of those players I mentioned earlier, Aaron Willis, Kamen Marley, Katron Evans, Caden Salter, the quarterback from down in Texas, Hudson wolf earlier this week, the tight end who committed to Tennessee. All of those commitments are real, and I, I do think their intentions are to stick with Tennessee, it's just that Tennessee's coaches know, they know this, that they are going to have to continue to work to hold on to those commitments. And also Tennessee is in on a number of players who are undecided while Tennessee does not really have much room. So Jeremy Pruitt and his coaches are well aware of the situation. Everything that Tom Luganbill just said there, they know about it as well. And and Tennessee, with the update from 247 Sports, I think yesterday, I, I think this happened on Wednesday, Tennessee moved back up to number 2 in the team rankings uh, for the composite, and then also Rivals has Tennessee at number 2. So this is not to take away from the work that Tennessee has done. The momentum, the attention, the headlines that Tennessee grabbed, that's all real. Hudson, in his interview with Rivals the other day, said that seeing all the other talented players hop on board influenced him to take an even closer look at Tennessee. Other players who have committed to Tennessee in the last couple of months have said the same. Looking at other players committing to the Vols caused them to say, hmm, maybe I need to check that out. So I think Tennessee did a really good job of continuing to build on what was started by Dylan Brooks, Kamar Wilcoxon, Julian Nixon, Cody Brown followed after that, Terrence Lewis followed after that. Now Tennessee just has to work to hold on to those guys, which they will try to do over the next six months. So things could get bumpy, there will be some ups and some downs. You want to talk about a roller coaster effect? That will be recruiting for 2021. Fasten your seatbelts would be my best advice. We'll come back for a final segment here of Locked on Valls. You may be in or out on recruiting. I know you're in on football on the field. I have an update for you from the NCAA on getting teams ready for this upcoming season. And then Philip Fulmer has a message. For Tennessee fans, that's coming up in the final segment of Locked On Vols, presented by BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar.com, and you'll see right now, I have a link in the show notes, they are providing 100% of profits that will be donated to organizations that support education, Poverty, Equality, and Ending Hate and Racism. If you go to BuiltBar.com, you'll see all the different options they have on their website with bars that are covered 100% in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. I love the Built Bars that we have ordered. The Peanut Butter Brownie and the Peanut Butter are my two favorite flavors. And you can go on there and see nut flavors, nut-free flavors that they have available. And also remember, the Built Bars are healthy options for you. If you are working to lose or maintain weight... While also looking to indulge in a delicious treat, if you're looking for a snack in the middle of the day, Built Bars are there for you. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Go to BuiltBar.com and you will find up to 50% off everything, and all profits will be donated to charity. That's at BuiltBar.com. The Football Oversight Committee from the NCAA finalized a proposed preseason model for this upcoming season on Wednesday. There were several weeks of discussion and feedback, according to the NCAA, and the recommendation for summer athletic activities and preseason practice for this upcoming season has been agreed upon. Under the proposed model, assuming a school's first scheduled football contest is on Saturday, September 5th, which applies to Tennessee, student-athletes may be required to participate in up to eight hours of weight training, conditioning, and film review per week, from July 13th through the 23rd. So that's coming up in less than a month. July 13th is three and a half weeks from today. That's uh, three weeks from this upcoming Monday. Then from July 24th through August 6th, student-athletes may be required to participate in up to 20 hours of countable athletically-related activities per week. That would include up to eight hours per week for weight training and conditioning, up to six hours per week for walkthroughs, which may include the use of a football, and up to six hours per week for meetings, which may include film review, team meetings, position meetings, one-on-one meetings, all that stuff. And then August 7th is when the school's preseason practice period would begin with a five-day acclimation period, followed by the opportunity for up to 25 on-field practices. So because of what's happened this offseason, because of the players being away It looks like there is going to be more preparation time during the month of July to get ready for the start of official practice with the football in late July, and then of course in August when it's full go to get ready for the season. So July 13th, we will see the start of required activity up to eight hours a week of weight training, conditioning, and film review. And I think that's really important for newcomers, guys like Harrison Bailey at quarterback, Guys like Jalen Hyatt and Jimmy Callaway, guys that are trying to earn playing time at wide receiver, to get some mental work to get ready for the start of practice on the field a couple of weeks later. And then also, you know, you think about a school like Georgia, Jamie Newman and Todd Monkin, they need it. Jarrett Garantano, he still has plenty of work to do. Getting back to work with Jim Chaney to try to pick up where things left off after the 2019 season and part of what they had done during the winter and the beginning of spring practice before everybody went away. So they can come back, kind of get a refresher, and continue working out. I mean, that's a big part of it, of course, getting guys physically ready. A.J. Artis is the new head strength coach at Tennessee, so he and the staff will have more time to get guys ready for the start of fall camp which we'll pick up a couple of weeks later. I threw out a lot of dates and allowances in there. I will link to the release, the news from the NCAA, so you can look over the schedule if you want to check it out. But what you need to know, July 13th through the 23rd, there will be required participation, uh, at least permitted for the schools with the student-athletes. July 24th through August 6th, they can start doing some work that's required with football on the field, with walkthroughs. And then August 7th, it's on, getting ready for the start of the season four weeks later with Tennessee kicking off against Charlotte on September 5th. We are getting closer. There's still work to be done, and nothing is guaranteed right now in terms of how many fans could be at stadiums and all of that. But consider this news from the NCAA compared to where we were four to six weeks ago, and I'd say we're in a much better position now. Before I close things out, I want you to hear this message from Philip Fulmer. He posted it online. On Wednesday afternoon, it is a message to Tennessee fans on the latest on what's going on behind the scenes and also work that's being done to get ready for this upcoming fall. Here's two minutes from Tennessee's Athletic Director, Philip Fulmer.
0: Hello, Ball Nation. Coach Fulmer here. I hope you and your family are safe, healthy, and doing well. We are busy here on campus as we finally get to welcome back our student-athletes. Football players reported last week and started voluntary workouts. We will continue our phased return as we bring back our basketball teams this week, then other sports following in July and August. I've been extremely proud to work for and alongside Chancellor Plowman, President Boyd, the cabinet, the policy group, and our faculty, medical experts, and our city and county mayors as their leadership have navigated us through the last three months. We have been working like heck, as I used to say back in the day, and we are ready. As long as the curve and trends continue to move in the right direction, I'm confident we will be playing football in Neyland Stadium this fall. Please continue to do your part and drive that curve down, all the while keeping yourself and your family healthy. We have the greatest donors and fans. We recently passed the 90% mark on our football season ticket renewals, thank you. Each and every one of you and the passion that you bring gives us our winning edge. I really want to also thank our wonderful sponsors. Their support and their partnership with Tennessee Athletics through the Vol Network does so much to keep us moving forward. The many sponsors you see here have all stepped up to help lead our community through this pandemic. I encourage you to show your appreciation by continuing to support them. Vol Nation, I cannot wait to see you back here in your orange and white and hear your cheers when our balls and Lady balls are back in action. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay strong.
1: Tennessee AD Philip Fulmer. We'll close on that note, but I will add that I think Philip Fulmer and Tennessee's leadership have done a great job through this. I've said that before. I think the communication behind the scenes has been good, and that's another reason I think Tennessee fans feel good about where things are and where things are moving forward. I'm not speaking for everybody. You can come up with your own opinion on that, but I think it's gone really well. And Philip Fulmer, Randy Boyd, Donnie Plowman, they have created a lot of, I think, justified confidence in what's gone on behind the scenes. I think over the last few months, especially, they've handled everything really well. That is going to do it for Locked On Vols today. I appreciate you hanging out today, and I'll plan to be back on Monday on the show with the latest on what Tennessee's doing off the field to get ready for play on the field this upcoming season we'll continue to look ahead to 2020 we'll work some basketball talk in over the next few weeks as well as Philip Fulmer mentioned basketball players are getting back on campus and of course any news that comes out I'll have you covered right here on Locked On Vols. Today presented by rockauto.com. Appreciate their support of the show and of the network. Amazing selection, reliably low prices from rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you next time on Locked On Vols.